Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on this Sunday afternoon is Colin Mitchell. Colin, yep. yep. All right, how are you feeling? How did you golf yesterday? That's that's doesn't matter. Question. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. I've had an awful did, sports did, weekend. Did you no, break one hundred? I played fine yesterday. Yeah, I've been breaking one hundred every time now. We're we're good. We're good. Hey, I get you and Seth out there on on the link. Seth would absolutely destroy me. I know. Just go I remember. Just... I remember our interview. With yeah, him. it's like yeah, I shoot in the seventies. Like, gosh, dang, seventies, eighties. I was like, oh, okay, there you go. But we'll we'll set that up over the summer. We'll see what, what? we can do. <laughs> like a, I get like twenty strokes on Seth. We do like a like a Seth first Colin. We vlog it. <laughs> yeah. Every every uh every shot over par is a is a shotgun. Yeah, shotgun a beer. You think Seth. I just get pars on the on the regular? I was like, that's the point. I get like one birdie and four pars around. Okay. We'll make it. So if you break par, so yeah, if you break par or break, what are you going to do? Like, par, I was going to yeah. say, that'd be 13 shotguns, 13 beers. Yeah. You want me to just not make it to the last hole and die? I think it'd be great course. content. I think it would be great content. I watched a video actually where I don't know if you've ever heard of Bob Does Sports. Great no. channel. They're like degenerate golf players. But they mm-hmm. they did a thing where they did match play, and every person also had to chug a beer, and they were just wasted. It was great, 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 great content. content, great content. It would be it's Seth if you're listening. We'll set it up, but also if you're listening, turn it off at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. End the podcast right end here. End the podcast here. That's that's. Anyways, I've had a bad sports weekend, Bruni. Yeah. Lions lost. Pistons lost. I'm losing in fantasy, and UNT. Somehow lost against UTSA with a minute and 48 seconds left on the clock. No timeouts. We got Mason fined. North Texas got Mason fined. They got the drive. They're going to start making t-shirts with like the play that Mason did crossed out with the new play of them just absolutely destroying North Texas on that final drive. And I will never get, it is embedded in my brain, Phil Bennett celebrating with his team after they didn't, after they thought they stopped them on that them going forward on fourth down yeah so i think you should open this because i have i have notes i did some research and i think i just i think you need to just just set it up because i'm gonna go okay blitzkrieg blitzkrieg yeah all right um as you mentioned uh i guess i'll just go quickly quickly recap the game yep yep uh UTSA wins 31-27. Like you said, the first half was hideous. 6-3. North Texas uh, couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Uh, UTSA uh, threw a pick, which led to three points. And then, you know, Ani completed a pass that led to three points. So, you know, 6-3 at half wasn't good. The defense, the offense opened up a bit in the second half. Still, North Texas couldn't run the ball the entire game. They end, uh, Attaway ended the game with 20 yards on 10 carries. Ragsdale, 10 yards on four carries. Die two yards on two carries, just zero ability to run the ball, zero push up front. Uh, on the ends again, 15 to 31, three touchdowns, 325 yards with one pick. Um, Frank Harris had to do a ton, both with his legs and his arms. Containing the quarterback's been a real concern for North Texas the entire year, as far as their legs. And Frank Harris, 16 rushes for 75 yards. Uh, I thought there were uh, some big moments as well, including on that last drive. Yeah, 25-yard uh, run. But yeah, yeah. Frank Harris uh, also threw the ball 27-39 to for 238 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, 
at the end at the end of the day, like you said, they went on a drive with about a minute left. Um, Cardenas, Cardenas makes a one-handed catch, a tremendous catch. Yeah, that was a great like, catch. That was an amazing. It's literally catch. one of the best catches I've ever seen at the clock. Literally, moment. like reached out, like he's trying to like. And he crazy. kept running. Oh yeah, that was the most. Part. Like he didn't like fall. He was just like, "Yep," <laughs> and then brought it in and just went. It was crazy. Man. Okay, Cardenas ends up with a big play there, and then they get to the line real quick. And my my issue was, uh, and not not general specifically with this play, uh, was that UTSA is a fade ball throwing team because they have those big receivers out there. They have DeCorian Clark. They have Joshua Seif. They have Zachary Franklin. They are going to throw fades. And I know it was a really rushed decision and everything, and you don't want to give them anything easy, but, I mean, that's just – I you knew they were throwing – It looked easy is what you're trying point. to say. It, it was easy. It yeah. was an easy fade ball, and I was just like, man, I don't care if you have to double it. You can't let them just throw a fade ball here. You can't. So that, that annoyed me a bit, but that was pretty much the game. And North Texas um, loses – Drops to four and four on the year, uh, three and one in conference play now. Obviously, both teams entered undefeated. Uh, you know, looking for North Texas to hope pull off a win, and we talked about it to to continue to set it up further. We t- we talked about it beforehand, just that the win would pretty much save Seth Latrell. The win would set North Texas up with a real chance to make the conference championship game, and a win would change i think how we talked about this team and this program moving forward because they would have overachieved they would have exceeded expectations they went into the game as 10 point underdogs uh right before kickoff it was announced rashad wisdom utsa's best defensive player arguably was out and he it was announced after the game i believe he's out for the season so you know speedy recovery to him great player out of uh judson area in san antonio but anyways so they're without him. The offensive line is depleted. You know, they we we talked about it on the pregame podcast. So all that stuff. I felt North Texas would cover the ten. They did, um, but to lose the game the way that they did, I feel like it's emblematic of where these two programs are. UTSA has done this time after time after time. If you look at last year, you know you can find three of these games where they pull out crazy wins. This yeah. year. Um, and if you look in the past couple of years, North Texas never pulls out these wins. So that's kind of the foundation when looking at this game. But I'll, I'll throw it to you. I don't know how you want to start it, but you're that's, so calm. That's, that's what I, I'm, I'm amazed that you're calm. Right that's now. that's I think you go you go and then I'll go. OK, and feel free I'm to stop me whenever you hear a point. Yeah, take, 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 take a sip. Um, you brought it up. This is this is the difference between where the two programs are at. You have UTSA, which is able to overachieve when they need to. You have North Texas, which has never been able to. And the stats that I pulled up are this. Seth Luttrell, in my opinion, has only overachieved one time in his entire career at North Texas. And that is the 2016 season when he had Mason Fine. He went to a bowl game and he pushed Army to overtime in that bowl game. Since then, we'll, we'll start from this year to last. This was year. The, is that the 2016 season or 2017 season? It was 2016. Okay, so the the five and six seven years the one where they got in because the grades were high yeah Yeah. so yeah yeah Yeah. okay that's the only year where i think he overachieved first year in awful team gets mason somehow goes to a bowl game almost wins it everyone thought that everything after that was going to be amazing since then this year we already have talked about utsa obviously 
you lose that game, which at that point, when you're up in a minute, 48 seconds, like that's a must win at that point, UNLV must win. We said earlier this season, you lose that game. We already talked about UTEP's the only impressive win they had this year because it was the opening game of the season and they win it, which, you know, got to give credit where credit's due. 2021 whole season's lost whole season's lost nothing to lose they roll off five straight wins nothing still to lose they beat utsa which now looks like a fluke 45 23 bowl game lost to miami 27 14 you know we thought they'd have a chance the 2020 year i'll give them a pass it's the covid year 2019 the this is it year the this is it year we hyped that season up more than anybody could have yes Waste Mason's last year. You're not competitive in four losses. You lose against Rice in a must-win game to have a chance at even making a bowl game, and then you use the UAB the, the following week. 2018 was the, the best year with Mason. You beat SMU. You beat Arkansas 44-17, but you lose that home uh, that home game against La Tech when you had to win it to, to prove that you're, you know, you're capable of finally getting over the other Conference USA you know, rivals. You lose against UAB 29-21. And then blown out against Utah State 52-13. And we can always talk about Mason was injured, whatever. I want to see not you not give up 52 points in a bowl game. Then we go to uh, 2017. Yeah. You're not competitive in a bowl game, 50-30 to lost to Troy. Not competitive against FAU in the championship game, 41-17. The common theme here is you can beat the bad teams when you need to because your talent is better. You're not able to win games that are important for the program. And we can, I just named all of those off. Yeah. And then finally, you've never been able to overachieve when it's handed to you. It's thrown into your lap. This game, UTSA, you know, I would have been, I would have come on here if they got blown out like I had predicted and been like, yeah, I mean, that's what I expected. What are you going to do? But the fact that they made the game ugly, they came back against an injured UTSA, or they, they held against an injured UTSA, they have what should have been the game-winning drive, and then for some reason, with a minute and 48 seconds left with no timeouts, they give it up. That's way worse to me on Seth than it would have been if they got blown out. And then, finally, Jeff Trailer has to decides to answer whether UNT should keep him as a coach, and he says yes. If at any point, anybody, any rival, coach, I don't care who it is, if they say on record that, yeah, they should keep him, that not means just, that, Not just keep. I think, didn't he say they should, uh, they'd be, they'd be they idiots that fire him or something, something like that? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If a rival, if, 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 if another person in the, in the same league you're in says, yep, North Texas it would be idiots to lose them if that's what he said. Why would he – if the fact that he has to say that is the stupidest thing for, for anybody to say that, yeah, we should keep him. It's it's against him. It's And I think Ish said it, if you guys don't know who he is. He's a, on the Dave Campbell's uh, basketball par- uh, podcast. He's like, yeah, that's the reason why you shouldn't keep Seth. And it is. it is The fact that, enough, that your rival – this is UTSA. Every North Texas fan hates him probably more than SMU. And he goes, yeah, it'd be idiots to lose him. What are we doing? UTSA has committed a 360 around North Texas twice – in the time that Seth has been here, ranked North Texas was supposed to be ranked that 2018 year when they beat Arkansas. They win bowl games. They come back. They they win despite injuries. You know, like yeah. it's it's mind boggling to me. So with all that being said, this has to be it for Seth. We can't play golf now. He'll beat me up. Yes, <laughs> he will. He will. Uh, it's so it's hard. It's hard for me to evaluate this. Because 
they did keep it close. They did have a chance. And that for that but reason, that, but is that ending, what they're is that what they're playing for? Ending the game when the game ended, I was like, dang, they could have won this game. They should have right? won this game. They should have won this game. Sure. So with that, that was my first reaction was that they could have and should have won this game. But I think that it still opens the door at this point for uncertainty. No. I, I think I think it does, but a lot will, a lot will be decided because I don't think they're beating Western Kentucky. And if they beat West Kentucky, then I will be more concrete in supporting you here. But West Kentucky on the road, FIU, like this is a win. And to to get to your point, we we we've talked about it on this podcast before. How long can you accept mediocrity? Yep, I think that's the bigger issue here how long going into a new conference you're looking to press reset on on the program to a degree you have money coming in you know you're in a great location one of the hotbeds in the entire country i just watched Skyer beat the brakes off of allen uh like three days ago and so you're here and you're like you're going into the american with smu memphis so on and so forth utsa um fau so on and it's like how long if you keep seth will you be mediocre for and i think that's the bigger concern here because i'm i'm over here at lsu and i'm watching brian kelly single-handedly within one year take this lsu program from 39 scholarship players at six and six to now potentially being eight and four nine and three in the sec west like coaching matters yeah Coaching matters. And so I I just that that's my that's where my support is with you is that it's like, yes, they almost beat UTSA. Cool. They could beat FIU and Rice and or even yeah, FAU, FIU, Rice, and UAB, let's say, and they went three of the last four and they go seven and five. Cool. But it doesn't move the needle at all. And that's right. the concern going into the American right now. And that's why we wanted this year to move the needle. That's why you can't lose to UNLV. That's why you have to beat Memphis. Um, you need a, something that moves the needle because wins over Texas Southern, UTEP, um, FIU, and Rice don't move the needle yep. at all. The, FI, the FAU win barely moves the needle, really. So that's where it's it's tough. Um <clears throat> to fully assess it at this point in the year, but I agree well, with you. For the most and, part. and well, and you said last week that, you know, this is their, this is how do they compare against the talent that they're going to be going up next year in the AAC UTSA obviously is moving. It's important that that rivalry stays competitive and, you know, for everyone that's going to say, yeah, this game was competitive. Why are we, you know, why am I slamming on Seth so hard? Well, it's because they had the game won for them against the UTSA team that lost, like you said, their best defensive player, they have a lot of injuries and it was, it was handed to them. They had it, you know, Frank Harris, you let him run for 20 something yards. Yeah. The, the, the tight end catch, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. If, if that, he just made a play. And then, like you said, you let their, their receiver that you should, should know that cannot catch a ball in the end zone under any circumstances, just pushes your guy aside, catches it game. Yeah. Like it was that quick. It was not a North Texas is North Texas. Okay, two things, two parts here. North Texas was is the more was the more talented team on the field, be, if nothing else, just because of UTSA's injuries. Yeah, yeah, and I agree like, with that. North Texas was the more talented team 
on the field. And let's remember, this is Seth Luttrell's seventh year. This is Jeff Trailer's third or fourth off the top of my head. I don't remember which one. But I also sent you a tweet. So that's the first point. Second thing, I sent you the tweet. And a guy I follow on Twitter does a great job with this. This is his – he started 2020, COVID year. Okay, so this is year three. So, yeah, this is year three. Yeah. Um, Let me do something. Let me share my screen on here for those who are watching on the uh, window Chrome tab. Here we are. Okay. So, here, Stats of War, Parker, he works for uh, CFB Graphs, does a great job every week. I always reference his stuff a lot. So, anyways, did we really get beat that bad? Sorry, this compares success rates, and to me – this has been the most accurate comparison of how teams have played. Like if you watch the games, like for instance, if you watched South Carolina A&M, South Carolina really didn't look that impressive, but they won, right? So here's A&M over South Carolina. All right. So this is like the meet, the middle, like two even teams. That's TCU and Kansas State. They're cool, cool, cool. All right. All right. Let's keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There's LSU and Ole Miss. LSU won 45 to 20. And then there's UTSA and North Texas. UTSA in North Texas. Yeah. It was, if you look at the box score, if you watch the game, uh, to, I mean, North Texas had opportunities to score. And, you know, in that first half, I feel like maybe they could have punched one of those in for touchdowns, whatever. They didn't. But if you look at the box score, UTSA dominated this game more than the score final score indicates. Like, that's the biggest thing to me. When you look at, when you look at the box score and you look at how, you know, all the advanced stats and how this game played out and everything. UTSA beat North Texas on paper. We're going to go back to on paper here. (laughs) UTSA beat North Texas on paper worse than LSU beat Ole Miss. And LSU beat Ole Miss by three touchdowns, by 25 points. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm again, I, we've joked about the on paper thing the entire year. And this is advanced. This is nerd advanced metrics, whatever you want to call it. But I want to make sure everybody's on the same page here. While North Texas had a chance to win the game, they didn't deserve to win the game. They were outplayed by a team that had less talent than than them on the field. And I think that is probably your strongest argument when talking about, um, you know, Seth Luttrell's job status or whatever it is, is that they can't overachieve even when they have more talent. And that's been the whole thing this entire season. That's been the whole thing this entire tenure is that we're watching UTSA, who I've said on the last podcast was like, you can just tell they're well coached. They execute. They got some veteran guys, some good leadership on that team. It all starts with the coaching staff. I feel like that's what that game was. That's what that game was. So the UTSA culture was stronger than the North Texas culture in that game. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, and – exactly that and then you know we can, we can keep comparing jeff trailer and, and seth all day long i mean made utsa have their best start in his first year north texas up to this point and, and he continued to win and then north texas up to this point has done what you know um the the thing since seth has gotten hired was we're trying to play for championships and it doesn't look like now you're you're going to be able to compete for a championship and i know it's only one conference loss um but with that being said Western and UAB are probably on the same level as this injured UTSA team. And then Rice, that's not a gimme either. We know the Rice is better than they Rice, actually, if you looked, if I didn't even show it, but on that graph that I showed, 
um, they thoroughly, they were right next to, they weren't that far down on the spectrum. They outplayed LaTeX significantly. So, yeah. So, I mean, you don't have any more gimme games. And then not only that, well, you have one or sorry, FIU. I forget about FIU. them. They're just, they're just, really we did bad. just beat Charlotte and force Charlotte to fire Will Healy, our boy. Club lit, baby. Club lit. Shout out um, to Will Healy. But but that is that's your benchmark now. Your benchmark is above average conference USA teams when it should be UTSA, it should be SMU, it should be Memphis, it should be all of those other teams at which you're looking to play next year. But now we're sitting here after a UTSA loss that they should have uh, won the game in at the end. Yeah. And we're going, okay, can they beat a Western? Can they beat a UAB? Can they They're beat a Rice? They're 10 point dogs to Western right now. They opened at 10 point underdogs. Yep. So pretty much the same score, yep. same spread as UTSA. Yep. And, and I, I think it's pretty fair. Yeah. And it's it's terrifying to think of it that way because they just came out, like you said, and everyone can everyone can say, well, the game was close. North Texas lost in a, in a horrific, in a heartbreaking fashion, but they almost beat them. Well, yeah, they almost beat a team that was depleted. And, yeah, and, and, and here we are. So, I mean, and that's that's my whole argument. When is he overachieved? And I would argue it's only the first year, you know, his his first year. And here we are, year seven, going to go on to eight. I think that it's written on the wall that you can't continue settling for, well, next year it'll happen. Well, next year it'll happen. Well, he has this. Well, he has the talent. They have the run game. Well, the run game only had 22 yards of 21 <laughs> rushes. So, yeah. <laughs> so The frustrating part to me is – and the reason – the reason why I would be interested in seeing a different coach at this position um, is because I don't think this is the ceiling that of North Texas football at this point, which I, I just refuse to lower my standards for a team that, like I said, is one of the wealthiest in Conference USA, yep. if not the wealthiest, that's paying the coach the most, um, and will continue to be going into the American still on that similar caliber. Like The money is there. The funds are there. The location is there, and I feel like that's where we have to start here because none of these other teams really have that to fall back on. UTSA's existed for 12 years, and while they just started and they just paid Jeff Trailer, yeah, cool, but before that, he was making, like, peanuts compared to Latrell. And so that for that for that reason, that's why I've been so hard on him, and that's why I think a lot of – um, a lot of us have been so hard. It's because, like, this can't be the ceiling. It can't. I will not accept mediocrity. And I don't think Ren Baker should. I don't think anybody should. Now, with all that being said, Con, everything we just said being the case, if they did finish the regular season 7-5 and five and win a bowl game and go to 8-5, and five, is that enough? No, I think it's over. Okay. And I, and I, and I say that only because this game proved to you that with everything, despite everything kind of going your way when it shouldn't, you still can't get it done. You know, yeah. you talked about how UTSA, you know, UTSA eliminated the way they've been scoring and they were still up with a minute and 48 seconds left. UTSA still had those injuries and they were in the, they had a chance to win the game. They had a minute and 48 seconds left. UTSA, no timeouts. All they had to do was get one stop. And they, and they couldn't do it. And they did it in the way that they knew it was – like they knew that Frank Harris was going to go to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's – and that's and that's been the theme up to this whole entire point. Um, 
And 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 like you mentioned, UTSA has been uh, has had a football team for twelve seasons. North Texas, and has been ranked multiple times since then. How many weeks do you think it's been? Uh, How many weeks have they been ranked? Yeah, because they were ranked last year. Three weeks. Okay, North Texas in its fifty-eight seasons has been ranked two weeks. Two. So this gets into a bigger conversation because a lot of people will say, okay. And this is the the Brett Vito argument, right? It's been like they've never done anything in the past, so why are we expecting them to do something now? Stop. And I think it's Stop. I think it's a very different I think it's a very different argument because this is not the North Texas of ten years ago. This isn't even the North Texas of six or seven years ago to me. This is the money's different. You're going into a new conference. The expectations are different. The talent in Denton is and the DFW in general. DFW talent in general right now, I think. Might be at an all-time high. All-time yeah. High. Like, well, I'm, I'm watching national recruiting stuff. Yeah. It's absurd right now. So, um, Houston, obviously, is there, too. Cool. But, like, th- for those reasons, I think this is different than the 1990s. You can't well, well, compare yeah. it to the early and, 2000s. And, like, and it's think about different. It, think about it like this. Ren Baker came in, and I brought this up, I think, preseason or, or first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Ren has – I want – and, you know, Seth wasn't a Ren hire. Right, he was the Correct. only coach right now that's not a Ren hire. Correct. Ren has turned around every other athletic yeah. program. You're comparing it. You're comparing Seth now at this point to them. Yes. And you, point. like you said, best money, infrastructure's great, equipment's great, everything's great. What do you lose if you don't have Seth anymore? You don't lose those things. You don't lose the talent because the talent's already here. Tell me if Seth left that you still wouldn't be getting, you know recruits that you're getting because you still will be because of the things that Ren has put in place not necessarily the things i would say that that seth has done and i'm not trying to say that seth can't recruit because obviously he can yeah but when you when you if you get rid of seth what do you lose i don't lose good coaching i don't lose you know uh yeah an offensive mastermind i don't lose uh you know tia high let it fly and when they've done that you know mason yeah but then the year that they were supposed to do it all they couldn't you know, 2019 season. The 2019 so, season is the biggest indictment. Like, yeah. if, they, if they would have six, if they would have lived up to expectations in 2019, I honestly think a leash would be far longer. Not even lived up to expectations. Just somewhere get seven show five. Me, show me something. You know, show yeah. me something, and then that yeah. you can't. So, you, what do you lose? You don't lose anything. Going to the AC, I think you hit the reset button. You have all the infrastructure you put in place, and you try to get a Jeff trailer. You try to get a, a guy that you think can instantly because the talent's here. It's not like you're rebuilding from a team that yeah. Seth inherited where Dan McCarney has like there's nobodies. You know, Rico Bussey yeah. was your best recruit. And Jeff I think he was like a two and a half star. Jeff Wilson, yeah, exactly. You're you're getting guys that that aren't highly recruited out of high school. They have guys now, they have the talent, they have the facilities. You're going to a new conference, which has always been a thing where it's like the conference USA sucks. You have all that now. Hit the reset button, show me what you can do with somebody else. So I am interested um, if they lose to Western, where we're, where our heads at. Um, I think it'll be interesting because yeah. I, I don't know how much more we can say on the matter. Right. Because yeah, it's, every week's the same thing. This it's is the like, biggest game. This just, is what he has to do. You know? Yeah. The Western Kentucky game for me, isn't even like, it's just don't get embarrassed. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is well, that's what they're playing for now. Because you can't you can't get your seven wins unless you like, get literally 
three good teams win, you know? Again, UTEP, I don't think is that good, is very good. FIU is awful. Um, Texas Southern, okay. And then F- FAU is the only decently legitimate win that you have at this point. So yep. um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think you I think you worded it. I think the best way of looking at it is hitting the reset button. Yeah. Like even if they go seven and five, cool. If they go six and six, okay. But at the end of the day, you can't risk running it back and going five and seven next year. You can't risk running it back and going six and six next year. Like you have to at at some point, enough is enough. At some point yep. you have to hit the reset button. So I think that's and I'm I'm here trying to not translate your words, but also trying to like just put it put into a perspective. Bowl on them yeah, put it in perspective. Yeah. I think. And, so. and and one more thing to end on to end on everything that I've said at this point. Their strength of schedule this year is 108th in the country. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you like you like you just said, they're not playing world beaters. You're playing conference USA teams with a couple of good teams sprinkled in there. Yeah. So Win on paper all you want, but show me some wins against good teams. Yeah. Um, all right, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was good to see Varkey's gums out there. Oh, I um, love that. I love that wheel route that they ran at the at the at the end of the game. Yeah. That was great. Varkey's gums, man. We we've been high on him since high school. So shout out to see, my man Varkey's gums. Good to see Varkey's uh, lining up there. Um, but yeah. That's all we have for y'all today. We hope you enjoyed it. 30 minute episode. Um, we will be back later in the week for a West Kentucky uh, episode, but also, Oh, we got to do our, our prop things. Oh, that's right. Our points. We'll... But while I pull that up, we also have some basketball stuff. I'm not sure when, when we will release it because I'm, I don't know if I want to release it the same day. I feel, like, I feel like we need to like, wait. Should we wait? Bit. I don't know. Maybe we'll, like, we'll... Ap- maybe like, or we'll, we'll do see it, like, Thursday. But I thought we were doing the Western pod on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got confused Tuesday, Thursday. That's okay. That's all right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, Frank Harris, 350 passing yards. Under. Two, he ended with 238 under. Colin was right. Uh, over under 200 uh, – over under points, 72 and a half. You said over. I said under. Matthew was right. Uh, North Texas, four and a half sacks. Did you make that prop? Yeah. That's a crazy one. <laughs> What was the final? It wasn't four and a half, I don't think. <laughs> it sounds really high. <laughs> it is very high. Four. Um, four. It was four. Look, oh, and I my thinking, I was we on the right even, track. Yeah, you, you were. were you were I right. mean, who knows? You know, the that the, the the half sacks could all be just, you know, all the same. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were right. I, I had the right idea at four and a half, though. Definitely uh, Ani, one and a half interceptions. I said under, you said over. It was one. And then Ani, two and a half touchdowns. We both said over. So it doesn't really matter, but we were right. Three. All right. Who's closer on score? Probably you, right? I said 35-31. Yeah, 100% you. So am I down one or or are we tied now? That brings us to Colin is now at 18. Rooney is now at 17. Let's go. Still in the lead. So that's great. That's great. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Add one more onto those because I didn't include the ones we got right. So 19 to 18. Colin is up. All right. 
there you have it. Amazing. It's almost basketball season, Colin. We will be bringing some basketball content to y'all Cannot very wait. soon. Very, very, very soon. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Best time of the year. Basketball school. Basketball 100%. School. 100%. I don't know Love if you saw, that. but Thomas Bell and uh, Mike Miller's team played Javion uh, a few days ago. How much did Javion put up? I don't remember exactly, but he's shooting the hell out the ball over there. He's putting Where up like 25 he a game. Um, he's in the the same league as them. He's in the the British, the year the, the <laughs> English. I, I don't know what the word is. Britain league. He plays for the Newcastle Eagles. Yeah, so Newcastle, England, and then they play for the Bristol Flyers. So I feel like Javon could have played somewhere better than that. But well, Colin, he's working his way up. All right, he's young. Dude, dude went from the Texas Legends to the to the Newcastle. Who was Whatever. on Texas Legends? He was on the Texas. Javion was on the Texas Legends for a little while. He was on there. He was what? There's pictures of him. I'll find it for you. I'm looking it up. He was at least on there. On there, it's literally on his. It's not even on his Wikipedia. He has a Wikipedia now. That's when okay, you know well, you're legit. That's when you know you're legit. You know, I'm only a month older than Javion. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I don't see. I mean, I I know he did something with them. Played twelve games with them. You're right. Thank you. 12, 12 games, one hundred thirty one minutes, thirty six points. Good for him. Okay. Anyways, that's all we have for y'all today. We will talk to y'all later. And uh, yeah, leave a like on the video. Appreciate Spotify. It. Spotify. Facebook. Facebook, Twitters, Twitters, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, send it to a friend. Thanks for supporting us. We got like 400 views on the on the preview, the UTSA preview video. So, thanks for all that. And yeah, talk to y'all later.